stories turn songs into symphonies, events into memories, and lives into legends. In our crowded world, knowing your story cuts through the noise so you can make your mark, whether you want to sell more books, increase profits, or just make a difference. At Sterling & Stone, story is our business. The Story Studio Podcast is where we explore ways we can all tell our stories better. And now, with the Story Studio Podcast, number 29, here's Johnny, Sean, and Dave. So I think today we should talk a little bit about, because the whole last episode was about like TV story and movie stories and stuff, and I know a lot of people do like the idea of, you know, maybe the fantasy is to see your work on TV or in a movie theater, and... And so what would that adaptation process be like? We had um, somebody in the stone table, just to kick this off, who was, we, well, it was several people. It was a discussion about adaptation. And I know that one person said specifically it was a totally different story. Not totally different. Like the hook is the same. The premise is the same in general. But they had to adapt it because it wasn't something. Like it was a new art form, I guess. Like the book has to necessarily be a different art form from like the screenplay. So, well, do you want to do you want to kind of pick apart um, the invasion journey so far because there, that had a few stages and then we got feedback the last time that we talked that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah. So to preface that, we are um, we're shopping an invasion production deal right now, so that may not be something that we've talked a lot about. Um, we actually sold an option which is marching. I think in the right direction for fat vampire, but also invasion. So I think that's what we want to talk a little bit about is the process of getting that going. Actually, um, in the last episode, I mentioned colony. That's the reason I was watching colony was to see how different it was from invasion, which the answer is very. So. Right. But, but okay. So more specifically there, um, we were asked to watch colony. Only half of us have been good boys so far and started. Um, but we were asked to watch colony because that's the number one thing that people are going to ask. So that's something to keep in mind. Rule one, if you're... Actually, I will add, we were asked to watch two things. Do you remember the other one? <sighs> I feel like I really should. The other was called Falling Skies. And the reason oh, that that's right, significant right. is because Colony is live now. People are going to ask about Falling Skies. How is it different from Falling Skies? But Colony was... I mean, Dave just told me on the last episode that they were canceling colony. But as far as like when we originally started talking about this, that was a show that was in production right now. And so it was important that we figure out how to answer the question of how is ours different? So, um, so you do want to be aware of that. Like what is out there right now? How is yours both the same and different? Because the fact that there are alien shows out there is a good thing. It means people want to see aliens. They're curious about that. So what shows have succeeded? Why have they succeeded? How is yours different? How is it going to pull in the successful things that people like about alien invasion shows? And how is it going to avoid the things that get them canceled? So like, that's really good to start with. Now, we didn't do that before we watched or before we started adapting invasion. We just adapted invasion. And um, that was something that if we're in pitch meetings, we need to be able to be fluent and have those conversations. So it was something to pay attention to. But as far as our original adaptation, we had to kind of look at, at, at invasion as a whole series and say, what is the best way to adapt this? Um, if we want to go shop this as a commercial property, um, do we want to think about it as a series of movies 
or do we want to think about it as television or how do we want to approach this? And to my mind, it was really simple because we're never going to get seven books out of like, there's never going to be seven invasion movies. It's not that big of a franchise. Like it's just not. It's easily (laughs) as big as Harry Potter. (laughs) Right. It's, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not the kind of thing that will command seven movies, but could it command six seasons, six or seven seasons of television? Yeah, I could totally six see or seven that. seasons of television in a market that right now is getting hungry, hungrier and hungrier for content. I mean, look at yeah. all these new streaming platforms opening up with new venues and channels and the fact that I feel like everybody's run out of ideas. What is it? I heard recently that they were remaking again. I forget what it was. It was something that, I don't know. You could have said that sentence at any time in the last several years. I I don't know. I feel like it was another thing. And it was some, whatever it was, was not remade that long ago. And it's just like, is there, are there no good ideas? It feels like people my age and in our forties grew up and said, Hey, all that shit we had as kids. Let's just, why don't we just do that again? Just, just press repeat. (laughs) Let's give it all our shit. Something I've wondered about, because like I hear about projects being bought and development hell and all these things. Like, how often is a company just buying an idea is often. almost like a story starter instead of like, we're not going to be true to this at all. We're, we just want an idea we could fuck around with and make into our own thing uh, palatable for. Well, yeah, you up. know, you know, it's, it's a little bit like, um, um, I know everyone is very sick of me talking about salt, sugar, fat, probably, but that book is kind of amazing. And there's a part in it where it's the turning point for, um, for the, the food companies because they start selling basically instead of it, an idea starting with the food scientists, where in this analogy, it would be the, the storytellers. It started with the marketing department, right? So the marketing department says, Hey, you know what we could sell? We could sell Rice Krispie Treats cereal. We could sell the shit out of that. And the food scientists are like, we don't know how to make that. That's ridiculous. Make it. Figure out a way because we're going to sell that. And I think that that's kind of way the, the Hollywood engine is very much like that sometimes where, okay, here's an idea. We can sell this idea. Let's go make that idea. And it's, it's just a very different way to approach story. Yeah. Um, well, so do you, continue the story of invasion so basically we we did decide to go with tv but in a really specific i actually don't know where this idea came from this was something that you had or something but um i know that the the original so basically invasion is a seven book series and we decided and when i say we i mean not involving me so it was some party outside of me but i love the approach is that the um the first movie ends up being basically a a, a double length pilot and sorry, the first well, that, episode. Yeah, that came because this was always um, this was always a pilot in my head. So th- this originally, the original version of Invasion was not um, me and Johnny. It was actually me and Dave, and it was um, uh, it was just a pitch. We were meeting with Forty Seven North to pitch them some ideas. They liked Z Twenty One Thirty Four, and they liked Monstrous. Um, this one didn't go anywhere. And when Johnny and I were wanting to write an alien invasion story, this one was like, all right, well, <laughs> what do you think of this? And that just kind of worked out. Um, but I always thought of this as a pilot. And the, the I don't want to spoil what happens at the end of Invasion, 
But what happens at the end of Invasion was always, I mean, it was there in that original first pitch that we gave to Amazon. That was always like, okay, that's how the pilot would end. And so it was really easy we, once we already had that book to think in terms of, okay, that's still a pilot, but but Contact, the second book, has a lot of space and it has a lot of world building. It has a few months period of time, but it also has stretches of land and there are people who are in control of this area or this area. And that's the kind of thing you need for more of a sprawling seasonal narrative. <clears throat> so then it just became a matter of, okay, well, the first book that neatly aligns with a pilot, like we'll, we'll adapt that as a pilot episode. It makes, and the, then, it, it sets the stage. It basically says, so I, the thing I will spoil that happens at the end of invasion, because it isn't that much of a spoiler. We've talked about it a lot is that the, um, you don't even see the aliens. Like they just, they basically take the first book to arrive and it's more about the people and what happens. So if the series is, because the, this full series is about this, you know, the progress of this alien invasion and what happens, I'm sorry, not alien invasion, this alien occupation, say, and what happens, but um, the aliens have to be there for that. So the pilot serves the um, the purpose. It does, the things that a pilot needs to do really well, I think, is it, number one, establishes the, like I said, the setting the stage, meaning the aliens need to arrive. They need to um, to, to do what they're going to do. But second, it, it evokes, like, the real, the hook, that's like okay something's going on here so the thing that sean's talking about that he doesn't want to blow is the sort of thing that like okay we knew the aliens were coming but then when this happens it's like oh there's some weird shit going on there's something else happening as well and so that's what the first episode the first book which became the first episode does and then the rest of season one is what currently is book two so books one and two comprise the entire first season of tv so it'd be like six seasons of tv instead of seven. yeah exactly yeah it'd be six seasons of tv and so we had to do when we prepared this um for television or i guess to shop for television um we needed several different elements so first we needed a script and then we needed a full series treatment that basically says hey um here's what each of the seasons would be about um and those amounted to a page each um we needed um uh we needed a, a one-page treatment on the pilot and then we needed a full treatment for the second season i'm sorry the first season but the second book but episode to episode to episode so when it came to season one that would be contact um we broke it down into 10 episodes so we took the major events in contact and thought okay what would be a really interesting way to frame this out? Here's, um, you know, because different characters have different um, needs, right? So in a book, you just do it through POV shifts, but in uh, in a series, maybe it's um, character-centric episodes or something, you know, like maybe this one, it has to be in the bunker because of whatever reason, but um, you're always kind of moving between the different locations and it just feels more like television. So you've got, this you basically have like a story b story c story and they're all kind of um weaving in and out of each other and you try to get that into a act one act two act three act four that's just in like a couple paragraphs per episode and then we did spend some time on the script because that um well they didn't actually important to have a script done than that it be the script that was used Right, exactly. Because the first thing that people ask 
is, is there a script? <laughs> like that's the very first question. So being able to say yes, kicks that ball forward. And so the first thing our partners were going to need to do um, was to get a script made. So we just decided to write that script because like, we don't have ego about it like at all. We just, we were just trying to help, like, let's get the script done. And then if they need to rewrite something a hundred percent, it doesn't really matter because, um, you know, <laughs> we'll it will really fast. We'll, we'll be able to, um, assign that to somebody else and they could, cause we don't care. We don't care at all. Um, but we also like the, the process of writing scripts. Um, it, it is a lot of fun to pass them back and forth and it is fun to adapt our own work and kind of be familiar with our words in a way where we're having to refine them and really drill down. Um, so we did that with the script. Um, and I, and I think it, it's kind of funny because I don't think they really expected anything from the script at all because writing a novel is very different from writing a script. And when we, when we said, yeah, we're, we'll have the script to you in you know, uh, a week or so, um, you know, we'd spend a couple weeks on it. And I think the, the feeling was a little bit like, oh, well, thank you very much. That'll be awesome. You know, we'll get that rewritten as soon as possible. <laughs> that was pretty much the unspoken exchange. But then it was awesome when, uh, when it was being read, we kept getting emails during the reading. Holy fucking balls. This is awesome. So, you know, we, we, I think we did a, a decent job getting that script done, but then they went and shopped it or actually not shopped it yet. Really getting feedback from other people before it gets shopped. Um, and Johnny, do you want to talk a little bit about what that feedback was on the script? Cause I think it's really interesting yeah, as far as actually, this kind of adaptation. Yeah, This is actually where I was, um, where I was, thinking you were going to go. So this is, this is good is um, it's, I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't help but think of it, the invasion script as an interpretation of the events that occur in invasion. So, which seems very logical, right? Like, so we'll just, okay, so how do, what's the movie version of this? And there are certain things you need to do to make a movie version of something or a, t a visual version of something that you can't do it like the different media book versus TV, which is what I was saying at the beginning, but that's not actually what I'm talking about here. It was more like just blow by blow like this, this occurs and this occurs and you may shift modalities, but it's still just a recounting of the events that were in the original. And, um, what, um, what our feed, the feedback was, which is spot on is that just a, a minute ago, I was saying that a pilot should set the stage as far as what kind of needs to occur, but also, establish a, a hook like this is this is different this is what this show is going to be about and what our script didn't do as well as a pilot should is to take that the next step and really demonstrate what the series was going to be about so um just as a very simple example we mentioned that um they asked us to watch colony and in the colony pilot we learn Something like a lot of it is underexplained, which is actually a good thing. You don't want to overexplain, but there, you know, there's this big wall around a section of LA, and people are riding around on bikes, and there's these cars with these weird sirens and the red. Hat. I loved all of that world building, and they don't explain it really. You just right. I mean, you know that's like bad, right? You just know how many how many episodes in before you start getting um, details on that stuff? Uh, well, you still don't know who the aliens are. I'm like episode eight or nine. 
you still don't know who the aliens are, why they arrived, what they want, what they're doing with the people who are disappearing, being shipped off. You don't know any of that. But you you do know, you get the feeling of like everything is being rationed and controlled. So I assume that's why everybody's on bikes. Like gas must not be as easy to come by. I don't know. But the point is, it established that you were going to be following basically. And then you got a little bit of a, a, a feel of like the 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 power imbalance that, that exists within the colony. Like there are some human collaborators who have basically, um, you know, found the, their seat of power and they're going to like, you could tell. So like the Gaius characters. Uh, yes, but, but deliberate like Baltar was, he was a coward and he just kind of like, he didn't know what to do. And he went with whoever was in charge. These guys would do that, but it's more, it's more deliberate. It's a little bit like it's, it's a comment on humanity too, one that Dave would agree with. Um, but, uh, but I thought Gaius was pretty realistic. <laughs> true. But my point is that you saw Gaius as the every man, right? The every man. <laughs> yes. Um, is that, uh, it, what it does is it establishes all those things about what is going to happen in that first season and so on. Like you learn that there's this, these aren't spoilers, but you know, there's a resistance that there's these, these parties in control, that there's, um, a human government. We don't see like an alien government, but that they're answering from the aliens on high, um, all this a little a little V like it's it's yes it is V like so I think that the creators of Colony probably got asked how is this different from V and I'm not even kidding you because it is <laughs> V like in that way so um, as a matter of fact Colony is more like V than we're like Colony so that's good yeah I was actually just going to ask that yeah but my point is that it it really says the pilot says this is what the series is going to be like like it really does and um, what should you have a flash forward in it. Uh, and slowly work towards that flash forward moment. We could that, that like, there's a, a little, lot of different, that feels a little sledgehammery to me. I think that that's the non subtle way to do it. This is more like, I mean, we may have had to do, well, let me get to the point and then we can talk about ways we might've done it because the nature of invasion, the nature of, col- of colony is that it is, it's already set up and those, those <laughs> dynamics, those power struggle things like that's, is what at least the first season is about in invasion the first episode is about the arrival of the alien ships. And when I say arrival, they don't even arrive until the end. It's the, it's the debt. It's them coming to us that the entire, maybe we should have called that first book arrival. We, we could have, I hear that that's a good <laughs> title to use. And so the feedback circling all the way back was that the pilot didn't do a good enough job of saying what the series was going to be about. Cause the series isn't about ships arriving. It isn't about people fighting with one another and divulging into animalistic, like, you know, survival behavior. It's about evolution and it's about the way that the, you know, the aliens have been back a bunch of times. Like it's this ancient alien sort of thing. Um, and there, there's a lot of like interplay between the aliens in the past and humans now and thought and memory. And we, we couldn't, we hadn't because we couldn't, we hadn't hinted at any of that because it, it didn't exist. Like it, it didn't exist for us as creators because we hadn't written it yet. We didn't know it was coming and it didn't exist in the timeline. So in order to be able to do that, do you remember what our, our ideas were? Because it was a little flash forward, but it was it was more subtle than that. It was more like, oh, no, no, it was a flash backward with, that we thought we might like. Like a, the well, last time we, the aliens were there is how maybe we'd start. Yeah we, yeah, we talked about like, uh, uh, I, I think it was like a shot over ancient Egypt, but it looked brand new, <laughs> right? So the... the um, the, the the pyramid is there, but it's 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 not it's not old, and the the ship is just leaving. I think we were talking about it just leaving because then we we know, and then it just says 
however many thousand years later, and then we open in New York because that would be an instant way of saying there's more to this world than because because we just open. It's a book. A book has a fundamentally different tool set than a television show. So it's more visual. It's more. <clears throat> but there's lessons that can be learned back and forth here. So like I think if we were to write Invasion again, I would find ways to tip our hats to the stuff that's going to happen later in the series so that they don't need to just follow us from A to Z. They kind of know what's coming in a little bit. Um, but yeah, that was interesting, trying to figure out how to do that. Did Did you think anything was like especially hard about adapting it, or did you find it was a, a, a really natural adaptation? It was only when they said, hey, wait a minute, guys, um, uh, you do more world-building stuff in here. Well, I mean, you you did most of the adaptation, but as far as when I was going through, it's nothing stuck out. Um, and when I was refining, it was it was just trying to get information better conveyed in shorter periods of time, that sort of thing. But I wasn't fundamentally changing the nature of the information, which is actually where I started this whole thing when I was talking about um, this, the discussion in Stone Table. Somebody had said when I did an adaptation for my thing, it became very different because it's just the tool sets are too different. You can't take like, for instance, a literary novel, not that this was and trans like things with internal dialogue. Like you can't just have somebody sitting around with their, their thumb under their chin saying, Hmm, I will be thinking about these things for the next 15 minutes. Like it just doesn't work that way. You have to create a totally different thing. Okay. Well, what, what do you think is the best way to, and Dave might have fun with this. To take, because no show ever knows, because we talked about this a little bit on that conversation, the hard part of making a pilot like that when the show isn't really developed, like we couldn't, we now, if we were going to write Invasion as a pilot and we already had that feedback that we got, we would approach it differently, but we didn't know. So we were just kind of doing a straight adaptation. But we couldn't have made that book. Like we have the luxury now that we're adapting it for television of knowing how all seven books play out that we could introduce some of that into Invasion, but we couldn't when we were writing it. So I think that that's the same argument you can make for pretty much any show. So Breaking Bad lasted five seasons. Now that if, if Vince Gilligan could go back to episode one and change things about the pilot that echoed you know, like they didn't even know Jesse Pinkman was going to stick around. So obviously if, you know, Dave and I have said many times, we would love to go back to yesterday's gone and rewrite that. You know, if we could go back to the very first episode, because now we actually know what happens and we know our characters and we know the show, what would a rewrite be? So are there examples of pilots that we could take and say, if, if, if the show creator could redo that pilot or if we could redo that pilot, what elements would be introduced in that pilot that weren't actually in the pilot? Even something as simple as Friends. We've seen the Friends pilot a bunch of times and it really is true to the show. But for example, could there be a moment between Chandler and Monica in that very first pilot that signals that these people are going to someday end up together because they couldn't have known that then. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm thinking something a little different. What you're describing is what we usually think of as like seeding, so, you know, yeah. reverse salting or something, where you're just adding in little teasers of things to come. I think it's more like, at least this is my understanding, is in Invasion, for instance, we wouldn't want to, I'll use the Friends example, because I think that's more familiar to at least the people on this call. 
I'm not to those young whippersnappers out there who can't stand the laugh track. Um, but I wouldn't put mo- a moment between, Chan- between Chandler and Monica if we didn't if they didn't control the entire series and know for sure that was going to happen. But they here's what they needed: they needed Ross and Rachel because they knew that was going to happen. They needed all six friends to have a certain banter because they knew that was going to be repeated. So I think that when they were asking us to draw draw out some elements that would continue an invasion, I don't think it's that this one event would occur or that this tablet would be revealed later unless it was like a key, key thing. It's more that the sprawling nature of it, the aliens coming back, it's like a bigger picture question than some specific detail, if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, but how does? What do you think are the most significant things that that change for? Okay, no, no. no here's a better question. What do you think is stands in an, a creator's way when they're trying to adapt? Now, I don't. I actually don't think we have this problem. I think that we really understand. Here's the thing that we made over here. And if we're moving it over to this context, there are things that there are things that we're going to sacrifice. There are things that are going to be better than our vision. And there are things that aren't going to quite match our vision. And we have to be okay. But when we're making that translation, uh, what do you think would hold us back? And what do you think would hold most authors back if they're adapting their work? I think most authors probably... I mean, this might not be true anymore. I think a lot of uh, authors are more uh, adaptive these days, but I I think the cliche of authors not wanting their work changed at all uh, does have some relevance. And like, this is a story as it is, and that's it. And like, they get just get precious with the ideas that the ideas themselves aren't fluid. It's like, this was my vision, and it's it's cast in there. Yeah. And I think, you know, you have to. if you're going to go into TV or movies, you have to go more with the spirit of the thing rather than what it is. You have you have to adapt. You have to find the elements that are most representative of what you're trying to do with what they can do within those limitations. Okay, so so Dave, let's let's stick with you for a moment because you are a little more pure artist, right? Yes. So and we and and I'm I'm right with you. Like I do I. On one hand, I very much appreciate that, you know, a visual medium is different and that it's going to be interpreted. But on the other hand, I'm a custodian for our art and I want to make sure that it ends up in the right places. Um, Dave and I took a phone call uh, several years ago with um, a production company who wanted to shop uh, Yesterday's Gone to um, television. And by television, I mean regular television, um, not HBO, not this was pre-Netflix, actually. Um, I mean, pre-Netflix, the way we know Netflix now. So, right. um, and uh, and the, the the TV deals were just a little bit different. So back then, it was it was like HBO or you know cable or um, you know ABC or NBC, and the there's no way or CW. Like, can you imagine the Yesterday's Gone, the CW version <laughs> of Yesterday's Gone? Where, um, <laughs> you know, Mauricio's um, cheating on me. <laughs> it would just be. I actually kind of want to write this. Beer battered bananas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, they would. They would cast like uh, uh, Luke Perry 
I, I would find an interesting way. I, I, I would find that a, a an interesting challenge to do that, but I wouldn't be averse to it. Maybe I don't know. Well, okay. At the time we both were, we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like no way. Mauricio is no way. Cause, cause that was the argument. If, if yesterday's gone goes over to the network, then no matter what, it has to fundamentally change what it is because of this character. Do you still feel that way? Or if, Let's say NBC wanted to put on a Yesterday's Gone show. What would you? What would you? Would you entertain that? Well, first I'd be concerned that they would cancel it too early because NBC's done that with like every favorite <laughs> show I've ever had. <laughs> um, yeah, NBC I w- would for sure cancel Yesterday's Gone. I I, I think television's getting a little more. Um, they're getting a little darker, and they're willing to take more chances. I feel so. I would. I would consider it more than I would have like five, six years ago. Uh, I think I always would have considered it for a cable network back then. Yeah, I would have considered it for cable, but uh, network is just just hard. So would but, you then? I mean, there are things I would be willing to change some things. Uh, I am not like because I I think about like something like um, The Walking Dead, which is different than the comics, so how it's its own thing. And I think two things can exist in the same universe that, that don't have to be the exact same. And you might have opportunity, like there's things that I kind of wish we had done with the SJs gone that you might be able to do in television. So yeah, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be game for that. <sighs> yeah, I think... That- well, you'd have to get rid of the necrophilia scene, obviously, but... <laughs> really? Because I think that's a central episode. Like, <laughs> just as written, Dave, as written. Um, but, but, so, okay, is there is there anything that you wouldn't at least entertain at this point? Because I think that's a valuable question, too. If you're talking about adaptation, is there at least anything that... You, if somebody did say, you know what, we do want to make Yesterday's Gone on the CW... Is that something that you would actually be curious to hear that more because you would be curious to see um, how that might affect your life financially and how it might open other creative doors for you so it's a concession you're willing to make? Or would you see it as, no, I'm genuinely curious to see how they would interpret that and maybe there is some value? I, I would be genuinely uh, I would be genuinely curious because I... There's a part of me that would like to see yesterday's gone on a smaller, more intimate scale than a giant thing. Like, I think it could work in a different sort of way in uh, very character driven because I think the, the core is there and I think it could be done. So, yeah, I'd be real curious. I never it actually would be thought different, of it. Like, if, if we had written this elaborate, like Game of Thrones style fantasy series, then I would probably be a lot more precious with it than I am with what we have done. Yeah, I agree. I think with with Yesterday's Gone, uh, they'd be more inclined to buy it as a world and characters and just think, you know, okay, we're basically buying a premise, we're buying a handful of characters, and then we're going to do something with them. And they'll probably have, you know, they would cast some like, um, uh, what's his name, Ian Summerholder? that would be the Brizio, right? It would be like this very pretty danger boy. Um, And, and and it's fine. Like it would have something, it would be totally different, but I think that it it could still have a, a huge fan base. And I think that it's just really interesting when you're thinking, when you're considering adapting your work, I think the very best way that you could go about that is to be as open-minded as possible and to not really, um, 
confine yourself as to this is what I created. So this is what it will have to be. And the invasion process has been very much like that. And we started out with, okay, here's our, here's our conception. We have these seven books, but from the very beginning, it was, okay, I'm going to hand these um, over. We're going to make this, uh, we're going to, we're going to spread it out. We're going to make it, you know, six seasons instead of seven books. But I have a feeling that by the time we're actually watching this on television, it's going to be a very different thing. And you can already see it. Every single step that we've had so far has drifted a little bit further from the source material. And I think that by the time, you know, either we have another scriptwriter who's redoing the pilot, it could be something completely different. And I'm just thoroughly okay with that. I'm just excited to see that um, ideas that we had are now being moved to a different arena. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think that um, that understanding that the script is going to necessarily need to adapt. This is actually a really bad example because um, I actually hate this adaptation, and I think that it's stupid, and they should have done it another way. But it's a really clear example. It's, um, is World <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say. World War Z, which was one of oh, my favorite yeah. books, and the movie is just another zombie movie, and who gives a shit? And it's not, it has none of what made the book special. The book is, is really, really good because the book is an oral history and it just would have been hard to adapt. And, and they could have done something, they could probably could have done TV with it or something, but they had to make us, it's a little like my original pitch for Dead City, where you're like, really cool concept. What's the story? And so they had to create a story. And because they wanted to be a blockbuster, how about Brad Pitt? And, you know, that character exists in the book but but barely he's just one of like many storylines and he doesn't do any of the shit that they have him do so they had to they had to modify it because it just it couldn't sprawl like a book and i i think that that's maybe an extreme example of the sort of thing that you need to understand when you make when you're but then you get in the question like like that's just a an odd situation because they're they're clearly buying the name brand but then they're not really doing anything with right, that's the why name that's brand. such an extreme example. I couldn't think of a less extreme example where something was just really hard to convey in some way or it took too long to convey. And so they needed to... Can you think of a good example where the book was very, well, very... How... Okay, let, let's... This might be a, a great micro-conversation to end on, but how are you feeling? How do you think they'll do with the uh, House of Leaves adaptation? Because that is very literary right yeah, that is- although i gotta say did you read the script um no i didn't read the script yeah it's the script is very much dave you you gave us that link did you read the script no yeah no, i haven't read the book it's, yet it's oh. very much in the that's why i didn't read the script either <laughs> very much in the spirit of the book very very much and you have to like leave the theater and then go into another theater to watch like <laughs> four minutes and then go back to a <laughs> and then drive home and listen on your answering machine actually what, what happens is you watch that you're watching the, the movie in the theater and then the people in the movie get into a theater and watch a movie and then those people yeah no but it it um he in the same way that the book is this surreal experience where it's kind of like you don't really know what's real and what's not it's it's semi-document documentarian or whatever where like the the guy who's discovers and is curating the papers it's like you almost could believe that those papers are real or that the guy is real that who's curating them and it's in the same vein like the movie star- like there's a note <laughs> it's fantastic in the beginning you're um uh, of the script he he has a few notes uh danieluski does the author of the book who also wrote the screenplay and um he said you know just a note on the, the talking head characters who will be in the the document um because they, they do the way they frame it is that they've discovered that House of Leaves, the book, this phenomenon that really exists in the real world, is a hoax 
because the author, Mark Danielewski, who is also a character in the, the, the pilot, I think it might be TV, um, he's he's a fraud because he discovered these papers and they're real. So he just, he took it and made it his credit. And so they have all these people like, imagine like a, a Michael Moore style documentary or any documentary where they're interviewing people talking about him and what he did. And his note says that these characters start to interact with the characters that are in the actual fictional part. And so you can just imagine the mind fuck of like, you know, the, the, the guy who's just discussing something that's supposed to be objectively about this material and then he's interacting with the material. So it is, I mean, I, I really admired the way that he took the same feeling. The that's same. a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, they, they, that's a really good example of taking something and it's not, it's not verbatim at all, but it's, it's spiritual. But, like, they, but there are also scenes in this. So the, 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 the character who in the book, we get the story of him and his buddies going and discovering this trunk filled with the manuscript that is it's 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 a it's a book about a it's a book about a book about a movie about people like it's just this nested thing and so they discover these papers and he's like the top level curator but that story of him discovering the papers of this other guy who was curating the papers that scene is in the pilot and so you get them discovering the papers so you get elements from the book but then you also get this yeah, that's awesome. on the book, which is which is cool. Well, anyway, so lots of differences between um, between the two. So I don't know. I, I mean, I could keep going and going with this discussion, but they're different. Like it's a different. Are there any closing notes to kind of not leave this just hanging? No, I think if I, I, I mean, as far as should you or should you not, I think that everybody should start um, should at some point think about adaptation, even if they're not. Um, they're not actually wanting to adapt their stories. And what I mean by that is Dave and I started doing this very early, like post yesterday's gone, like white space. And it was thinking if this were going to be adapted, how would we approach it? Would we approach it any differently? And I remember, you know, one of the, the set pieces we had for the original white space was this big giant, like military bunker type thing. And we got way away from that. It's a small island because that, but that gave texture and character and shape to everything that we're doing because the island itself is a petri dish. It became the story. But part of that, I mean, one of the best elements of that story came from us thinking about eventual adaptation. And hey, if this was were going to be um, on television, what would it look like? What would it feel like? And we were watching The Killing at the time. Um, you know, it's, it was real rainy in Washington and kind of that mood setting. And it's just, it's really good to kind of think about your story in other contexts because as, um, as authors, it's really easy to just get in our space and write and with our doors closed and we're not getting out there. And even if you don't want to sell your work to TV, thinking about what it would be like on TV, I think is, is a great exercise to get more texture and character into what you're writing. All right. Well, so that was the story studio. Um, who knows what we'll talk about next? Or free will in it here. So I guess <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. And talk to you. Later.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Story Studio Podcast. Are you wondering what the ever-growing demand for superb storytelling skills means for your future? Check out our latest interview as Johnny and Sean dive deep into that question in Storytelling is the Future, How to Build on Your Self-Publishing Success. Download the interview from the info box or show notes in YouTube or head over to sterlingandstone.net slash future. 